Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and across from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. How's it going today, Chuck? Oh, another day of rain and hate. Yeah? Rain and hate? Are you yeah. getting hate in the group? Right? Not so much hate today in the group. Costco's not here, so... I know. I'm just... I'm saying the world. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of hate out there in the world. A lot of hate fire coming down from different places. Uh, we're not talking about that today, though. Mm-mm. At all. I just wanted to, to mention it. Still going on. Everyone got plenty yesterday in that hour and 40 minute long episode that we put out yesterday. We talked about a lot. Everyone's talking about a lot. Mm-hmm. So... I figure... We could take a break from talking about the world war, the impending war. Back to COVID. And go back to something. <laughs> it's nice to take a break from that and finally go back to talking about COVID. Yeah, exactly. You never, you know, you just never know how good you have it. <laughs> if we could have just only been talking about COVID this whole time, mm-hmm. it would have been so much better. But now we're talking about all this other crap going on in the world. But as Nate said, this is Good Morning Liberty, a place where we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. And if you're new here, welcome. We appreciate you joining. Hit that like or plus button, follow, leave us that rating and review after you listen to the episode and you're just filled with complete joy or, uh, well, even if you're not, you're still going to like it. So it doesn't matter. You can, uh, but hit that, uh, hit that follow button, smash it if you will, as the folks like to say all around. And uh, we're going to talk about some liberty today and how your life could be better if we were just freer. Yeah, so from thehill.com, all the links are in the show notes always, by the way. So if you ever want to go and look at these articles in their full context, I have edited them down to support our viewpoints as much as possible. <laughs> no, we, I don't do that. But if you want to ever read the whole thing, the links are always in the show notes. House passes a bill. By the way, that reminds me real quick. Yeah. <laughs> how did, this always how did I know that was going to happen? I got quickly reminded. That, yeah. Uh, somebody left us a review the other day, or maybe it was a couple weeks ago I was reading, and they said, love the show and the sarcasm. My wife doesn't quite get the sarcasm, but after I explain it to her, she loves it. <laughs> she loves it too. <laughs> explain so, the sarcasm. And you were just like super sarcastic right there. So I just, it reminded me of that review and I thought it was really funny. Yeah. Um, hardly anything I'm really hardly anything that we say is dead serious. I know <laughs> most things that we say are sarcastic and sometimes people uh, follow along with that. Some people can't stand it. It's, it's the, the review is something like my wife doesn't understand the sarcasm, but once I explain it to her, yeah. it's great. Well, uh, so we are very, yeah, we're very sarcastic here. Okay. The house, so we're, maybe we'll, we're about to be sarcastic again. I don't know. The house has passed a bill making lynching a federal hate crime well thank god maurice is here i know so this one before it gets to the senate y'all get all your lynching in before we get to it because (laughs) they're about to make this illegal i never knew that this was still something you could do in the u.s but you've only got a limited amount of time to (laughs) go lynch people because they're about to make this a federal hate crime yeah (laughs) that would be an example of sarcasm on the podcast by the way that that whole thing right there Okay, so the House passed legislation. That's on- one your husband doesn't have to explain to you because <laughs> Nate's, Nate's going to explain it to you. <laughs> the House passed legislation on Monday that would classify lynching as a federal hate crime. Lawmakers easily passed the bill, which is named after Emmett Till, a 14-year-old African-American boy who was lynched in 1955 on a 422-3 to vote. Well, at least the people voted heavily to lynch him. <laughs> 
God. No, sorry. No, the, bill I, was, the bill was passed on a 422, the three I, vote. Okay. I feel like this should easily be self-evident, but the problem is it's not. Well. Listen, lynching is terrible. It's, <laughs> I, I, Nate and I do not condone it. Yeah. We don't like it. We hate it. We, do, we think it's absolutely horrific. Just like any other crime that ends in the, the, the death of someone else. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to kill someone. Yeah. And they're all bad. And this is on a list of things that are bad. Mm. In fact, it's on a list of things that are illegal and also a hate crime. Already. Before this. Mm. This is a pure virtue signaling bill. That's all it is. That's the very annoying part about this. While the bill sailed through with bipartisan support, three Republicans, probably white supremacists, representatives Andrew Clyde, of Georgia, Thomas Massey of Kentucky. Sassy with Massey, baby. And Chip Roy of Texas voted against Chip. It. My Chip. boy Chip. Old Chip. <laughs> the bill authored the bill authored by Representative Bobby Rush, Democrat from the tyrannical state of Illinois, would designate lynching as a hate crime punishable by up to thirty years in prison. Wow, such harsh punishments for murder. You know, yeah. the House previously passed the bill in 2020, but Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky objected to clearing it by unanimous consent in the upper chamber. Paul said that he was concerned it might conflate lesser crimes like minor assaults as lynching. He said, quote, there has to be justice. People are chanting justice, but justice has to have a brain and has to have vision and can't be hamstrung into something that could give someone 10 years in prison for a minor crime. Paul is now indicating that he supports this latest iteration of the bill after working with senators leading the effort in the upper chamber. So uh, let's see. We got some comments here from Thomas Massey, and we'll just go over that. So here's what he tweeted out. I wanted to see what his reasoning was. He said, here are the reasons I voted no on the Anti-Lynching Act and uh, why I voted no tonight. He said he voted no in the last Congress and why I voted no tonight. Number one, the Constitution specifies only a handful of federal crimes and leaves the rest to individual states to prosecute. So he doesn't like the federal crime part of it. Number two, the bill expands current federal hate crimes laws. He says a crime is a crime and all victims deserve equal justice. Adding enhanced penalties for hate tends to endanger other liberties such as freedom of speech. Number three, lynching, is a, lynching a person is already illegal in every, in every state. Passing this legislation falsely implies that lynching someone does not already constitute criminal activity. And number four, the bill creates another federal crime of conspiracy, which I'm concerned could be enforced over broadly on people who are not perpetrators of a crime. Yeah. Okay. That, that exactly. sounds like it makes sense. And then I had Also, a, it's a complete waste of time. Yeah, this is a total waste of time. It's literally already illegal to lynch someone. And if you are white and the person that you're lynching is black then you can already be charged with a federal hate crime when you lynch that person literally before this bill passed that's it it's ridiculous marie says thank uh thank goodness i'm still safe yeah yeah but here's what they get to do they get to act like they've done something and that's why it's so annoying everyone who voted for this oh look at what and we've done scathe those who voted mm -hmm. no that's mm -hmm. the that's the biggest kicker that is what they really get to do it i thought a good take here from matt walsh who you might have heard of before don't agree with everything he says but in this case he says democrats pass an anti-lynching law there hasn't been a lynching in decades lynching is already illegal lynching someone for racial reasons is not only illegal but a hate crime this law serves no purpose Dems treat the law like a hashtag, using it for empty virtue signaling. And that is true as well.
Good job, Matt Walsh. Yep. Yeah, so this is what they do. They're going to just act like they've done something. They've literally done nothing with this at all. You probably already have our stance on hate crimes, but I do believe that every person's life should be worth as much in the justice system as another person's life, regardless of the color of the skin of the victim or of the perpetrator. That a life was taken against someone else's will and that that should be treated equally under the law. I know that that's a crazy racist statement. And look, apparently, if you want to honor Emmett Till, like, I don't know, erect a statue yeah, of him or something. Up. You know, that would be better. Don't create more needless laws that they could use for other purposes. Now, if you need any evidence that your government would use laws against you, we only have the last couple of years to look at mm -hmm. and see how they will use their emergency powers and all the different languages and writings of laws to control your life if they want to. You know, we this just is, had, this is why we argue against stupid shit like this. You know, we just had the guys kill uh, that uh, Ahmad Arbery and in uh, wherever that was, and they ended up getting charged with hate crimes and found guilty they, of that. They got a state sentence and a federal yeah, sentence, which a lot of people called basically a lynching because of because of what they were doing, mm -hmm. and they were found guilty and they got charged and convicted of a hate crime before this bill has even been enacted into law. This is completely pointless. Don't. I know that none of you listen to this, but maybe you can say it to your family. Don't be so easily fooled by these people when they try to throw these virtue signals up. This is just them doing nothing, but then acting like they've done something great. And what Tom says here sounds like double jeopardy. In a way, it kind of is. Like you're convicted of murder in a state, and then you're convicted of hate murder by the federal government. It's like, that. I mean, essentially, you're getting double charged for the same crime. Yeah. just a, They're just putting a, a different adjective on the crime and it's a ridiculous sentence i don't understand like i you know i have family or my wife has family that was that was killed and then other people have family that was killed and why does it matter what the color of the person was like all the reasons for murdering someone are bad and they're probably all done out of some type of hatred more than likely i hate the idea of a hate crime that's a hate crime hate crimes are a hate crime you know, because you're sitting there saying that someone else's life was somehow worth more. You should be punished harder. And you think you really think like a murder is going to be, oh, well, yeah, if I do this, I'm not just going to get the normal life sentence. I'm going to get charged with a federal hate crime, too. So I guess I won't do it. Listen, I, this is going to hurt for a little bit, but I'm murdering you out of love. Mm -hmm. OK, yeah, I love you. That's and how here's much the thing, I Nate. You. I hate the fact that you hate that. I hate the hate crime mm -hmm. for all the hate that hate crimes hate. I'm picking up what you're spewing. How much hate could hate crime hate if hate crime really could crime hate? A lot. Too that's, much. That's what I say, too. too Next much. up from CNN, COVID's over, folks. It's, it's done. It's gone. Just in time. Just in time for Joe Biden's State of the Union or State of Failure address, whatever it's going to be here. Capital Physician drops Congress's mask mandate ahead of State of the Union address. How convenient. It's The convenient. timing is impeccable. The U.S. Capitol's attending physician said Sunday that masks will be optional on Capitol Hill starting Monday. They haven't been wearing them anyway. Just a day before President it's Joe Biden. They haven't been actually going there to vote. Everything's just been. Well, proxy I'm voting. saying when you see them out at baseball games. Oh, yeah, and yeah. The Super Bowl and stuff. Yeah, but in the virtue signal in, chamber, they've been wearing them when they do in go in there. Classrooms full of students. That's just saying that. Yeah. 
So this is happening just one day before President Joe Biden will deliver his State of the Union address in the House chamber. Does that happen tonight? That is tonight. That means I'm going to have to watch this whole freaking thing for all types of dumb stuff to talk about. You should just hit the record button on YouTube. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. They'll do it. They'll do it for me. Citing new guidance from U.S. Centers, uh, U.S. Centers, the CDC, basically, Dr. Brian Monahan said in a memo that individuals may choose to mask at any time, but it is no longer a requirement. So new guidance mm-hmm. from the CDC. According to new CDC metrics on Friday, more than 70% of the U.S. population is in a location with low or medium COVID-19 community levels. For those areas, there is no recommendation for indoor masking unless you are potentially Uh, unless you are at potential increased risk for COVID-19. And if so, the CDC recommends to talk to your healthcare provider about wearing a mask. I thought that was a very important. Well, how about that? That's a very important sentence right there. You can now talk to your healthcare provider on whether or not wearing a mask is a good idea. They're kind of just passing. They're just kind of just passing this off to, oh, well, you should talk to your healthcare provider. I know that we've been putting out all this information about how the mask keep you safe and and a bunch of people are dead because of them. But, you know, each individual person should talk to their health care provider about wearing a mask. That's, yep. Yeah. Quote, the Washington, D.C. region is now in the green level or low level in this new CDC schema. It's fortunate. Mm-hmm. Fortunate that the CDC, which answers to Joe Biden, could init- uh, issue this information out right before the old state of the union for and him. it's so they can talk about how they ended COVID because he made a promise that he was going to end COVID. And so now they're going to come out here and talk about how they ended COVID. They had the, the, the mask mandates right before him. I mean, can you really take them seriously when they talk about how this, the science says that we should do this? The science, do, do people actually think that the science is so perfectly aligned with people's political goals and schedules? I would say about half the population does. Oh, that's it, depressing. It is. Yeah. But, all right, give me some info of what happened. You sent me this last night. I could just, I, I forgot to respond, and I am sorry about that. I bet that was worse. You wanted to join me. Misery loves company. Yeah. And I, you wanted me to join you in your misery last night from sending this to you. I could feel your blood pressure through the text message. Yeah. I put, I literally, I read it, and I put my Apple Watch on just to be safe, just in case anything <laughs> happened. It was getting me going. Okay. Okay, so from NBC News, the Pfizer vaccine may offer little protection against infection in kids 5 to 11. Now, this is actually a little misleading. Yeah. Because little protection, it's, you'll get into it, but yeah. the, the protection that it offers is basically none. Statistically insignificant protection. Yes. Against infection. But they'll still say, it. I mean, kudos for putting this out, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Two doses of the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine offer almost no protection against coronavirus infection in kids ages 5 to 11, according to new data posted online, a finding that may have consequences for parents and their vaccinated children. Now, what they never talk about in this is, uh, I think I'm still trying to mandate that kids get this thing. Everyone's running around scared. Got to make sure you get the vaccine and you feel better. Uh, But the consequences they are talking about is that parents need to go back to being scared to having their kids go anywhere because the vaccines don't work. That's where they're going to be leading with this. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Listen, relationships take work. We all know that. And we all know that we would drop everything to go help someone that we care about. Just think someone in your family or one of your friends is going through a tough time. You'd do anything to help them. But how 
often do you give yourself the same treatment? This month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to take care of your most important relationship, the one you have with yourself. Whether it's hitting the gym, making time for that haircut, or even trying therapy, you are your greatest asset. So invest the time and effort into yourself like you do for other people. Now, Charlie has been using BetterHelp for quite a long time. He has really enjoyed it. I've used it as well. And let me tell you, some of the most important moments of my life happened when I was talking to someone about what was going on. I still remember the things that I was told to this day. Just imagine if you could get that same thing and how much it would help. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Good Morning Liberty listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com GML. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash GML. Researchers from New York State Department of Health found that the vaccine's effectiveness dropped to 12% from 68% in the age group in December and January. Of course, that's when Omicron was going around. The Pfizer shots still offer protection against serious illness from COVID, the researchers found, with protection against hospitalization declining to 48% from 100% over that same time period. That right there is a drop as well. It may be a setback for parents. Which, by the way, kids ages 5 to 11 aren't really affected by COVID anyway. Yeah, they've already got protection. It's called being a kid. Yeah. And they, they've already got it. You know why he got it? He, he ate some dirt. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. He ate one of them dirt pies we used to make when we were kids. <laughs> That's how you got all the immunities. It may be a setback for parents with vaccinated children who are hoping to resume normal pre-pandemic activities. But now, once you realize that it's so much more dangerous for your kids than you had initially imagined with the vaccine... Now you're going to have to go back to... Now they probably need boosters Mm -hmm. and boosters on top of boosters. They will be talking about that as well. The Pfizer vaccine is the only COVID shot in the U.S. available to kids in this age group. (laughs) Hold on. Just for safety reasons, I'm going to take a little... Now that it was approved and we got everybody, they spent all the money already for all Mm -hmm. the kids' vaccines. That's, yeah, this is when this comes out. Vaccine effectiveness against infection in older kids fell to 51% from 66%, according to the data. Vaccine effectiveness against hospitalization dropped to 73% from 85%. That was from ages 12 to 17. It's unclear Pfizer is going to seek FDA authorization for a booster dose. For kids 5 to 11, the company told NBC News in a statement that it's confident in the protection and safety of its COVID vaccine. Though early data suggests people vaccinated with three doses may have a higher degree of protection. Four is even better. Man, what a a brilliant racket. Like if you were just going to be an evil corporate genius, this is the, the mother load, the gold, the pot of gold at the end of the COVID rainbow right here. Ah, uh, yeah, we know the two doses aren't working, but you know what might work? Three doses. Yeah, there we go. More doses. 
Dr. Paul Offit, a vaccine expert at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, said it will be hard to determine whether a higher dosage or another shot is needed in kids ages 5 to 11 because the Omicron variant has also already been shown to evade some of the immunity in vaccinated or boosted adults. Now, you notice the choice that he's given there. Mm-hmm. It's either a higher dosage or another shot. Yeah. No other alternatives to this. No, because the kids are going to die. You got to do it. I mean, I know that clearly you hate children by the words that you're saying, Charlie, but this guy cares about kids. I don't even care about my own kid. Uh, quote, I don't think you can tell yet because Omicron is immune evasive. So therefore, even if you're vaccinated, you're not going to be as well protected. For now, it is reassuring that the vaccine appears to hold up some against serious illness, Offit said, though some children may be susceptible to mild illness. And then they became, they become like invasive spreaders yeah yeah i know the problem there i know that you guys have been worried about war and everything but i need you to get your priorities right because some children may be susceptible to mild illness that's the the market's probably tanking right now just talking about that geez kids getting sick with a mild illness Mm. dang i didn't realize it was that bad hold the phone about two weeks ago pfizer said it was postponing its vaccine application to the FDA for for six months to four years after it found two doses didn't work well in ages two to four. And that is nice of those children to make that sacrifice. Okay, the um, from one part of the study, by the way, at the end of the study, they talk about conclusions and relevance. In the Omicron era, the effectiveness against cases declined rapidly for children five to 11 years old. However, vaccination of children five to 11 was protective against severe disease and is recommended. These results highlight the potential need to study alternative vaccine dosing for children and the continued importance, layered protections, including mask wearing, to prevent infection and transmission. So coming up, we'll be talking about more stuff from the science because now this study is saying, well, you know, the vaccine's not working, so we're going to have to do more uh, masking to keep the kids safe. And vaccines. Yes, and more vaccines. How dangerous is it for the kids, by the way? Don't worry, I brought the receipts. This comes from the uh, COVID data tracker from the CDC. I hope y'all are sitting down. This is scary information. Yeah, this is rough. This is rough right here. Um, For uh, the IFR, the infection fatality rate for kids zero to four years is 0.00023. That's that's right. Uh, two, Two million cases. They have 464 deaths. Now, these numbers... By the way, also count with COVID. So keep that in mind. We still don't know how many of it was from COVID because what they do is they rely on the state data and they're still using all the state data that they've had this whole time. I know a few states have switched over to uh, differentiating between with and from, but these numbers for the kids are still with. So a two-year-old could have died in a car accident Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then they tested positive for COVID even if they had zero symptoms. Yep, yep, yep. A, um, okay, 5 to 11, 4.2 million cases, 308 deaths. That is an IFR of 0.00007. Mm. <sighs> Shut it down, folks. Shut it down. Now, listen, any child dying from anything is egregious. Honestly, it's a, it's a, should be considered a declaration of war uh, on its own. No it is kids, sad. No kids should die. I don't want any kids to die from this. five to 11-year-olds is too many. I don't, yeah, I don't like it. Now, that's over two years also. And uh, 12 to 15, 
3 million cases, 331. See, that's uh, IFR 0.00011 right there. Now you go all the way up to, say, 75 to 84 years. That's an IFR of 0.1. 65, 74, 0.04. That's 10%. That's yep. pretty high. Um, 50 to 64, uh, we got 0 0.01. And then under 50, we're down in the 0 0.003. Continuing down, 0 0.001, 0 0.00047. So you guys get the idea. Anyway, we need to make sure that we get these vaccine doses because this is clearly the most dangerous thing out there that anyone needs to worry about. And... Uh, that is, if you were over eighty-five, you it was a twenty-one percent infection fatality rate. Yeah, uh, probably has something to do with you being over yeah. eighty-five. <laughs> uh, sadly, if you were eighty-five, the chances that you were about to die is probably twenty-one percent. You yeah. know, or more already. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, not making light of the situation. I don't want anyone over eighty-five to die. I hope no one ever dies, and the Earth becomes super overpopulated, and we just can't fit on here anymore. And we, no, I don't know. Um, I, IFR is infection fatality rate. So how many cases were there versus how many people died of the cases? Yeah. So if I had 2 million cases and 200,000 people died, that's 10% of the, the cases that ended up, that resulted in death. Yeah. So yeah, 10% is the infection fatality rate, not the overall rate. I mean, there's a lot more 85-year-olds than what contracted COVID or, or Unless we have these numbers wrong, I don't know. We'll see. Um, now, what's going on in California right here, Chuck? Now, this article is from the end of January. So I know that they're going to take this new information from the vaccine into account. And they are going to reverse course more than likely. But maybe not. Maybe I'm just being... Maybe I'm uh, just putting my rose-colored glasses on. Probably. But anyway. This, this is from calmatters.org. California legislators are reigniting an ugly fight over child vaccination requirements with bills that would mandate COVID-19 vaccinations, eliminate the personal belief exemption for COVID-19 vaccines, and allow some minors to get vaccinated without parental consent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, if they, sh they should be able to vote, they should be able to get the vaccine <laughs> if they want to. These bills together constitute one of the most aggressive campaigns in the country to vaccinate more children. If signed into law, his bill would require all children attending schools or enrolled in child care in person to be vaccinated for COVID-19 by January 1, 2023. Most importantly, the bill would eliminate the personal belief exemption allowed by Governor Gavin Newsom's student vaccine mandate issued in October. Quote, there's lots of evidence that vaccine mandates work. Mm-hmm. Said Pan, citing an increase in vaccination rates after his 2015 bill eliminated the personal belief exemption for the 10 other immunizations required for students. The bill also goes a step further by no longer requiring personal belief exemptions for any future vaccine mandates coming from the governor or the California Department of Public Health. Yeah, what I wanted to address that statement that he made in the previous in that previous paragraph there. There's lots of evidence that vaccine mandates work. Now, what do they mean by that? What do they mean by work? That's an important question because the purpose, I would say, of the vaccine mandate is to keep people safe, you know, to, to stop people from getting whatever it is that they're being vaccinated against. Uh, but what they mean by do vaccine mandates work is we forced people to get vaccines and they got them. Therefore, the vaccine mandates work. And the people who didn't get them, we didn't allow them in. So yeah. now we reached 100% vaccination. Yeah, that's what they mean by it worked. Not that it 
you know, stopped the transmission of COVID or anything like that. You know, they're or, just saying or other diseases. Yeah. So in the short term, it would give public health experts the flexibility. Now, also, don't skip over what I just said, is that if this, if this does pass, it, it, will, it will no longer uh, recognize the personal belief exemption for any future vaccine mandates coming. Wow. So, I didn't catch that part. Mm-hmm. Coming from the governor or the California Department of Public Health. So now that the, they don't have to debate this any longer. Mm-hmm. If this passes, it doesn't matter what kind of mandate there is from California. You're going to have to follow it. In the short term, it would give public health experts the flexibility to respond to future COVID-19 surges and variants. Because Lord knows there's some variants coming, especially mm-hmm. if Trump wins in 2024. You best believe there's going to be some variants. Probably <laughs> going to be the Russian variant. In the long term, it would give states, state experts more authority to make public health decisions without the loophole of personal belief exemptions. <laughs> It's a loophole now, folks. It's a loophole. The loophole. Mm-hmm. Man, what a, yeah, we have to close that personal belief exemption loophole. That's one of the dirtiest things that American people have been dealing with this whole time. The U.S. government set up these crazy loopholes for you to be able That's to have. That's what's been holding democracy back. I know. For you to be able to have personal exemptions from things that they were trying to force you to do based on your beliefs. That's holding liberty back. We've got to close these loopholes. Mm-hmm. Parents who still wish to keep their children unvaccinated would be unable to have those children attend school or childcare and would have to seek independent study if they wanted to keep their children enrolled in public school. Mm. Will they get their tax money back? No. The answer is no. And thanks to Joe R. and his wife who found the article. We appreciate that. So I just happened to see that before we started today. Goes along with the last one. You remember... I, Remember I like how he said his kids thought they were arguing because of the yelling. <laughs> you guys remember loud way, noises. Remember way back when, a long time ago, when we re- we read an article explaining that the vaccines basically did nothing for kids. The long it was a long time ago. You have to go in the way way back machine. Let's just hit that skip back. Pretty button. sure we got a strike on YouTube for that. No, I'm talking about like five minutes ago when we were just talking about the study saying that oh, it did yeah. nothing for kids. Well, we already got a strike on YouTube. <clears> for oh that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we already did. Okay, now remember we're following all the science. All this, all the science is uh, is telling us what to do, and so also at the same time, it's really weird how all of this happened right around the State of the Union. It happened right around this whole Russia Ukraine thing going on. A lot of big things happening here. You know, like Pfizer saying that the vaccine doesn't work for kids, that seven million kids have taken. Well, um, all the coverage yeah. is on Russia Ukraine. We get that new Which, Supreme by the Court way, nomination. Russia Ukraine is important. Yeah. Very important. But all the news is 24/7 Russia Ukraine hardly anything is talking about this. Yep. And so another I see what you did here. It's, it's an, a good episode. Another thing they're doing, California, Oregon, Washington, and I believe New York is doing the same thing, dropping the school mask mandates. Getting them out of there. At the same time that we're finding out the vaccines don't work, you got to be super scared about your kids. Uh, you know, CDC recommending to talk to your to talk to your healthcare provider when it comes to the mask. And then that study about Pfizer's thing saying that, well, you know, the kids are just going to have to keep masking because the vaccines aren't doing anything. But luckily the political winds are shifting. And so that's a, that's a good thing. I just, I get real annoyed when people actually think that they're doing this based off of like scientific analysis. It's clearly political. Another thing, if you are a proponent of mask mandates, like say you have no problem 
forcing people to wear a mask, and it actually stopped people from spreading the virus. Why would you drop the mandate when there's still you know, over 1,000, between one and 2,000 people dying every day? Still a lot of cases out there. I know they've gone way down. Why wait until the, the spread has spiked way up again and then have people start wearing masks again? Why wouldn't you keep it the whole time? Because it stops you from spreading it. So if you just force people to wear the mask the whole time, then you would never get another spike in cases because they work so well. It's like the, it's like the antibiotic ar- argument. Yeah. Like, oh, you take antibiotics till it suppresses them and then you stop taking them. It comes roaring back. Mm-hmm. So then you got to take heavier antibiotics and then you stop taking them because you feel better and then it comes roaring back. I always stop early. <laughs> you would. I do. It's a, it's a thing. I got all kinds of antibiotics. Nate's part of the antibi- Nate's part of the bacterial um, mutation. Mm-hmm. That's you. You are my keeping fault. bacteria alive. Mm-hmm. Antibiotic resistant bacteria out there. It's it's partly my fault. School children in California, Oregon, and Washington will no longer be required to wear masks as part of a new indoor mask policies. The Democratic governors of all three states announced jointly on Monday. "Quote: With declining case rates and hospitalizations across the West, California, Oregon, and Washington." are moving together to update their masking guidance, the governor said in a statement. I'm just saying, I'm trying to think from the perspective of someone who is totally fine with all the mask mandates. And then I try to think about the logic of it. Like, okay, the case rates are going down. We should just have everyone stop wearing masks. we got a problem here. We need the case rates to go back up. Like, that's what it sounds like to me. And I don't think that they do anything anyway, so I'm not saying that. Well, they're trying to appease. It. The public opinion is shifting. Yeah, that's the that's it's political, like you said. That's the actual reason. It has nothing to do with science, because if you truly believe that masks worked, as you're saying, you would have people keep wearing them, so you keep the case rates like, down. This is the most important time to have the mask. Right. Mandates. We don't want the spike. Yeah, you don't want the spike to happen. Right. <laughs> so if you think they actually work, you would have people wear them all the time. You know what the problem is? If that happened, and then there's still a spike, like we've seen in other parts of history. And it's just more proof that the masks don't work. You can't have that. Yeah. So anyway, the new guidance will make face coverings strongly recommended rather than a requirement at most indoor places in California. So uh, California is moving from mask on one to mask on two. <laughs> what color is that? At most, I'm not sure from what orange, it is. From orange to green? From it's orange just to yellow? A, maybe back to yellow. They were at red. Yeah, <clears throat> or I guess I don't know. Green is the mask. I don't know what it is. I didn't think that all the way through. I'm not sure. Indoor place in California starting Tuesday and at schools on March 12th, regardless of vaccination status. In all three states, Do you remember when they came up with the DefCon? I like, no, I wasn't there for it. You don't remember them saying that on the news and stuff? No, the Pentagon is racist to DefCon four. I don't remember when they came out. I've seen that happen before I was born. DefCon five was. <clears throat> Well, I just remember they're talking about it with Iraq and oh yeah, all that kind of stuff. Like, isn't that just interesting though? How they, <laughs> they just mm-hmm. came up with a system to alert people on how much you should fear something going on. It's just yeah, it gets more dangerous as the number goes down. That's why California just moved from one to two, so they're okay. they're moving back a little bit because you got to have a spot where it stops if it just like kept going. So more and more prepared, opposite of DefCon, you know? Mask on, Mask on one is the worst. Mm-hmm. That's what we've been in yeah. in California. It's Mask on two now. And so now we're going to mask on too. strongly recommended, but nothing to fear. In all three states, the decision of whether to follow the state guidance will now rest with school districts. The change reflects a growing sense that the virus is not going away and Americans need to learn to live with it. 
It's becoming endemic, folks. These people are getting crazy. Who could have predicted that? I don't know. New York Governor Kathy Hochul, a Democrat, announced Sunday that the state's masking requirements in schools uh, would be lifted by March 2nd. That's tomorrow. New Jersey, Delaware, Massachusetts, and other recently made similar adjustments to ease restrictions for schools. Man, there's all kinds of nice things you can do. Massachusetts. <laughs> Earlier this month, California became... This is, We almost did a story about this last week or the week before. Earlier this month, California became the first state to formally shift to an endemic approach to the coronavirus. With Gavin Newsom's announcement of a plan that emphasizes prevention and quick reaction. California... Moving ahead of everyone else, becoming the first state to treat the virus as endemic. Yeah. No. You know who's been treating it as endemic? Texas and Florida. South Dakota. Tennessee. South Dakota. No. California's not the first state. (laughs) It's ridiculous. It's all the super spreaders. No. The people who have been acting as if it was endemic are the ones that treat it that way. Who were chastised, by the way. Yeah. The powerful California Teachers Association said it expected a mixed reaction to the announcement. While some students are ready to immediately remove their masks, others remain very afraid, thanks to all the stuff that we have told them. CTA President Boyd said in the statement, the union is more than 300,000 members. Quote, change is never easy, and today's announcement is bound to disrupt and destabilize school communities. Now it's a big change. So now they need more money to, yeah, combat, probably. to combat the sta- the destabilization. For like mental health effects of taking the mask off, we're going to need to up the uh, DOE budget more than likely. In I mean, Connecticut, people are going to be scared at seeing all these faces again. Um, these next two paragraphs were just sad. Uh, it's going to be face bullying. It is. I've actually already read articles about that. People getting tried. I've seen um, uh, people who still wear their masks in school districts where they don't force you to do it anymore. Talking about how terrible it was because they get looked at weird for having their mask on, or they get made fun of sometimes. And yeah, don't condone bullying. No. Okay. Well, just talking about it. In Connecticut, Monday marked the first day of classes since the state ended its school mask mandate. Kindergarten teacher Rochelle Brown said 15 of her 17 students came to school wearing masks, and she is still wearing a mask in class herself. Quote, this is normalcy for them, said Brown, a teacher at the school in Connecticut, where a lot of her students have never known school without a mask. Mm. That's crazy to me. And they don't know how to talk good. Yeah. They can't, t- they can't talk good. <laughs> They don't, they never move their facial, facial muscles. <laughs> I okay. wonder, I wonder where my kid would be with speech therapy. If, if the teacher, well, he hasn't been wearing a mask, but the teachers yeah. didn't mask. That would be pretty tough. Probably be. Yeah. If you're yeah. learning how to speak and you can't look at somebody's mouth, move this part of your mask. He's still saying my son Parker is still saying Tarker. Mm. Like, no, your name is Parker, put your lips inward, but he doesn't know how to do that because he hasn't seen people do that. Fold the number three and four creases on your mask. Do that. (laughs) Fold those together when you say it. And so I think honestly, the mask has probably a lot to do with him not knowing his name as well as he should. Yeah. You know, along with his, you know, he is on the spectrum. He's autistic. So he is artistic. I know he's very artistic. Yeah. So that has something to do with it. But I think he would probably learn it a little bit better had all of his teachers and therapists not been wearing a mask, especially yeah. the this, this speech therapist. So I just showed some of the uh, background information. There. It's how I line stuff up to make sure that uh, the photos are over there and it leaves room for this. So when I get this purple block right here, I line up the photo in that. And then I remove this background to the green screen. Look at that. And then it looks like that. 
afterwards. Look at that. How about that? Okay, let's go. Now, what about adding the dumb bleeps to your dumb bleep bracket? Mm. You behind on that? Yeah, I don't still? have time on that. Yeah. I'm busy. <laughs> yeah. That looks good, though. I mean, it's smart. Very smart. Ingenious, if you will. All right. If you guys enjoyed today's, uh, wow. Yeah. Well, we're going to cut that from the podcast yeah. episode. Don't worry. If you enjoyed today's episode, then like I said, please hit that follow or subscribe button. Tell a friend, tell a family member, tell a foe, tell the children about their vaccination status by sending them this episode. I think five-year-olds need to hear this message. It's time. Mm-hmm. The FDA approved this message for five-year-olds, I think. Yeah. We didn't even like say fuck or shit or anything in this episode. We so didn't. you can show it to your kids. You it's could. fine. Yeah. yeah. You could show it. Yeah. The whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> also sign up. Goodmorningliberty.locals.com to be part of the in crowd. You want to hang out with the folks, these fine folks in here, Todd, Joe, Joe, <laughs> the Joe, Tom, Maurice, Amanda. When Maurice is not here, Costco, hang out with all the fine folks, Daisy, uh, we got uh, Bobby. Don't want to forget Bobby. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch in here. I'm going to forget some Bye. people's names, and I'm real sorry. Daryl and my other brother, Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's about it. Prestige Worldwide. That's about it. Come come hang out with all these folks. Good morning, liberty.locals.com. And if you do all of those things, we'll be back again tomorrow. I hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.